Hello and welcome to Chats with Ollie Mack. So today is the first um, guest podcast that I've done and today we're joined by Will Foden. So we actually did this interview um, a few months back, uh, well quite a few months back, so back in September and just with the nature of how Covid has kind of changed, you know, we, we second lockdown came out, went back in, all that bullshit. Uh, I've just been sitting on the interview um, and especially because it's taken me a while to get this podcast going it's meant that I've been sitting on this interview for ages um, but I thought it was a great time to push this content out especially as obviously going to the new year there will be more people who want to get out uh, who want to get fitter who want to improve their health so I thought begin putting this information out there now uh, and we can kind of leave a little bit of a breadcrumb trail for people who, you know, go searching for this information in the new year. Like, I loved this podcast. I just loved the energy and the passion that Will brought to the conversation. Um, and I hope that you will too. The benefit of COVID has meant that we we connect or we have, you know, we, we're limited with how we can connect with people. So, we definitely, um, you know, use social media and use kind of online um, ways of communicating more. And the great thing is that my first two guests I've never met. I've only really talked to on social media and we've been able to connect and have some great conversations through that. And I just think like such an awesome uh, part of you know, COVID situation is is that we have managed to communicate with people in different ways and it's meant that we have been able to connect with people we might not necessarily connect to in our day-to-day lives. And yeah, I just think that this first interview is very much a reflection of that. And I felt very lucky and privileged to be able to talk to Will and the information that he, he brought on uh, was brilliant. So anyway, this is Chats with Ollie Mac, and this is The Foden Pod. This is sub 30. My name is Ollie McCarthy. I am a running coach based out of London. Uh, joining me today is Will Foden, who is based in Singapore. Will, do you want to just give us a kind of brief background of your own training um, and then also your kind of um, training with clients as a, as a coach? Cool. Nice to meet everybody. Um, in a nutshell, ex-pro rugby player. Uh, I played reasonably high-level tennis and rugby when I was a kid. I then chose rugby as a pathway, moved to Hartbury, Gloucester, played for Gloucester A, played loads in National 1, signed for Doncaster Knights in the, in the championship. Um, had a major injury. I had my leg snapped in half by a horse, which is a bit of a long story. But I recovered from that. It's probably quite good to talk about running because I had to learn to basically walk properly again and then run. Um, fast forwarding, 
I went and played rugby in Australia and, and came to Singapore as a bit of a, as a, on a whim, really. I was trying to find, find a place to sort of reborn myself, my rugby career. I was finishing my rugby career, um, not from, a, from an injury, just from emotional. I, I'd sort of had enough. I'd played it. I played rugby all my life. And yeah, I moved to Singapore. I work in the busy CBD, uh, mainly dealing with high-level executives, bankers, um, one of my clients is, is, is the head of Roche who make all the COVID testing kits that you guys are using. So, um, but I also do strength conditioning, my background from an education standpoint. So I studied strength conditioning at uni, got a master's degree, and I'm also a nutritionist into functional, a bit of biochemistry. Um, and I'm a bit of a fitness geek. I like getting in the weeds and figuring out people's problems. Um, so yeah, I'm a bit, I'm a, I'm a, if you ask me what I was, I'm a very much strength and power dude. I like fighting people. I do jujitsu. I like whacking people up and having a laugh. But I also very much appreciate um, working with general population. I love actually seeing people learn. That's probably a big, big part of why I'm in the industry. Um, so yeah, that would be me in a nutshell. Cool. Solid intro, mate. Um, okay. So if anyone's new to Sub 30, the idea is getting coaches um, on, having conversation with them, but the focus is on clear and concise information. So as soon as we start the questions, I'm going to start my stopwatch and we're going to basically make sure that the conversation that we have is under 30 minutes long. I'll start mine as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so first question for you, Will, is... What are your thoughts on people running to get fitter? I think it's 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 a given in my in my, in my I mean, ever since you're a kid. There's there's two polar opposites end of the, the the discussion where you've either got like the guys who think running is is the only way to get fit, and you've also got guys that are saying that running destroys your gains and makes you weak and all this kind of shit, which is it's all bollocks. I mean, if you are looking at from a cardiovascular health perspective, running's running's probably more, in my eyes way more enjoy, enjoyable than you stood on a cross trainer in the middle of some massive wanky gym rather than being out in nature and going for a run now being now the issue that i have with running is most people are too weak to run properly because they refuse to do any sort of prehab rehab any sort of strength conditioning program and i mean covid has turned everybody into a marathon runner so everyone's now not done any work on their ankles knees hips back abs core upper body but then decided to, oh, do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to run 10K tomorrow. Um, where it's not that it's a bad thing, but I think there needs to be a bit more strategy when it comes down to using running, especially with people who are not as fit, as in who aren't, tra aren't untrained. So General Mary Muffintop, who, who never gets out the sofa and getting her to run five click, she's going to get bad knees very, very quickly. Whereas if people are given a step-by-step Guide to it, I think it's wicked. I, I, I prefer running over anything personally. Okay, cool. And this kind of, I mean, this kind of leads straight into our next question, which is, I mean, what do people need to consider before starting running? And I know you kind of hinted at it there already. Uh, so you've, you've got you've got the physical element, which would be obviously actually a, a proper strength conditioning program. That doesn't mean you have to go into a roided dungeon gym and start deadlifting with bands and chains and shit. That means that if you can't sit down on the toilet properly, you can't squat, lunge, you can't hold a plank position, then those bodyweight movement patterns are essential for you to be able to stay pain-free. Um, I would say start small. That couch to 10K, 
it's, it's everyone does it so basic, but it works because it's periodized. Each is a step-by-step progression. Um, and also a funny thing that I get a lot of is actually footwear. <laughs> footwear boss, people are like running in, people are running 10K in vans, like because, or running in these barefoot trainers when they're an office worker. Like it's not that it's a bad thing. It's just that they're, they're, they've got untrained feet. Like they, it's, such a, it's such a weird subject, but your feet are, are built to be out of shoes and have your, your toes spread. But if you've never ran before, those joints in your feet are soft. So you having flat shoes and whacking your feet every time, again, is something that I, is the actual equipment used. It's something that I think people should be very mindful of and having a good pair of running trainers could massively help you um, stay safe and be injury free. Yeah. So say you have, I don't know, average Joe comes in to you. He's like, right, Will, I want to start running. Um, what, what's kind of like the process of you getting them ready to run or, or making sure that they're in the right condition to begin running? How's that look um, from your perspective? The two parts would be, obviously, if we're doing this one-on-one, it'd be a client assessment. So you're going to see very simple mechanics of a lunge, squat, hinge, bend. Um, are they able to maintain a, nice, uh, a plank position? Mm-hmm. Um, but also, you can do little tests. Like, obviously, you can actually you can measure ankle dorsiflexion and whether they've actually got the, 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 the ability to manipulate their foot properly or if they're limited. Um, and then... And the second one that I think people forget is actually body composition. Um, that's not telling you you have to be Peter Andre to go for a jog. That's saying that if I've got guys here who are 130 kilos that have never ran before and you're, the forces in your knee are treble to think when you start traveling at a certain distance. So if you're 130 kilos and you're putting what, 390 kilos of force through your knees, it's a very different animal. So are they, are they adequate to do it from a physical perspective? And then from an assessment perspective, are things moving in what we were trying to do? So are they actually using their glutes properly in a lunge, for example? Can they actually sit below parallel in a squat so they actually utilize and hamstring and glute more as well as their quad? Have they got any pain? That's obviously a huge driver is we live in a society that sits at a desk all day and upper cross syndrome, which means that you're hunched over, like hunchback and launch your arm is a huge problem for shoulder mobility and shoulder pain. You've got lower cross syndrome where you've got weak trans abs, uh, and weak glutes, uh, those those two things, exercises to alleviate them at home and running, bulletproof. So those are sort of what I would see is just check if their posture is good. Can they, act, can they use muscles in an unusual manner? Are they pain-free? And like I said, if they are, they're a big goose, mate. They've got to lose some freight before they get jogging, just in case. So if we're thinking average Joe again, comes into the gym say, say they've already been running um okay. what are the the mistakes that you see people make over and over from a physical perspective yeah um when the one thing that i i see a lot of and most people forget about is actually core tension being able to maintain a strong core whilst running mm-hmm. is very different you see a lot of guys running like like a duck bump chest out, ass back, yeah, yeah. no And they all, if you say it to someone, everyone thinks they're Michael Johnson. They're saying, oh yeah, but he runs. But I, I, my argument to him is that, that dude takes his top off. He's got abs on abs. He's got an ass the size of a planet. And he's a very, he's an anomaly. He's not a normal person. He's not a normal average Joe. An average Joe has got weak, weak abs, strong quads, weak hamstrings, 
week loose. So you're seeing this duck bum position, which if they're running a lot, the bottom of their backs is bent, they're going to yeah. be loading that SI joint and that's what's going to cause back pain. Mm-hmm. What I also see a lot of, mainly with females, are knocking knees. So uh, knocking yeah. knees, anyone who wants to be a geek, valgus knee collapse means that their knees drop in, their feet drop out like Phoebe or friends. Huge, huge issue in female athletes, regardless yeah. of their position, whether they're average Joe from a kid. And females, that's because your, your hip sockets are designed for children. So they're obviously a bit bigger and you obviously can oscillate differently to a male. So you're usually not as gifted in using your glutes and hamstrings as much when running. So yeah, those are their knees knocking. Have they got flat feet? Have they got poor ab control? Those are my three go-tos. Flat feet is a massive one. Like mm. it's a wormhole in itself. And if you have got flat feet, you can sort flat feet. You shouldn't go and see, go and get a, a whatever it's called, orthotics put in. You haven't solved the issue. You're putting a wedge. You put a bandaid over a bullet hole by in that shit, and it's expensive. Start doing some gym work and learning to actually use your feet properly. That is a whole different game changer, and you'll see. You literally will start creating an arch. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. I used to have really flat feet, um, and then invested in barefoot shoes and just just walked in them for like a year or so, and then. It was only after that that I actually realised, oh, I've got like a baby arch coming through. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, mate, mate, the thing about that is where my comment before about barefoot shoes is they're the best thing for you while running. Like if I, if people, yeah. I, I have parents asking me, what should I buy my kids? And mm-hmm. I'm like, a pair of Vans, Converse or barefoot shoes? And until when? From the ages four until they're 60. Yeah, yeah. Because flat-footed shoes, your feet are designed to open. Your big mm. toe is being used as appropriate. It's used for, to teach your body about balance and coordination and know where you are. Now, if you're, you, you know what frustrates me the most is when I see people with these Nike trainers that have literally the whole yeah, bubble yeah. at the bottom of them, like someone's got marshmallow and stuck it on their feet and they're floating on the around and they're trying to sit down and their knees are going everywhere and they're like, and they're bright orange. You look like a twat. Like, it, just get them off. Stop it. No. But yeah, like you said, that barefoot, um, actually you're letting your feet open i mean i encourage people i mean i used to live in australia i used to go to the shops barefooted yeah um, yeah I, I reckon if you could go to Aldi and luton or something up but i probably wouldn't like say but if you're around the house or you're in the garden barefoot man or having something yeah. really really small on your feet is like hugely beneficial yeah i couldn't agree more actually so it i mean that that so that's a, a soul for the uh the feet what about yeah. for the uh, core tension and for the knocking knees? Like, what's one thing that you could, that you would do um, to help with those problems? Um, knocking knees, I would tell the person to buy a glute band, which is four quid. Yeah. And to lie on their back, put it around the knees, have their legs shoulder apart and just do hip bridges. Now, uh-huh. don't get me wrong, it just because it's going to isolate glutes, your, your bum turns your knees up. That's what mm-hmm. it's used for. So that external rotation. Um, mm-hmm. The more we can activate that, the better. If you are asking me there's, if there's one exercise to do for the rest of your life, that is lunge. Nothing else. Lunge or Bulgarian split squat, but lunge, putting your knee on the floor and standing up again properly 
by far by any movement pattern for a runner is going to make sure you bulletproof your knees and your hips because you have to use your bum yeah. as long as your knee doesn't track in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other one was your core tension. Yeah. I would teach someone uh, a dead bug. <laughs> yeah. Very simple, very boring. No, no, but it's one of those, it's one of those muscles that you, you can pretend you're using or you can actually use it. And it's one of those things where it's, look, if you do this for six weeks, you're going to solve your shit. Yeah. If you pretend and you skip, I, I, I write this in programs all the time when you write a warm up and you send it to someone online and you, a month later, they're moaning about something that like, like it said, lower back pain. And you've literally said to them, but have you done your warm up? Well, no, well, your warm up's your core activation. Yeah, that's, that's going to make sure that you're bulletproof throughout the session. So you're not technically loading properly. So all that work I've just put in there to help you, you haven't helped yourself. Um, so I think like that, that stuff like that, um, side planks, side lateral leg raises when you're in, in a plank position, the side plank yeah. position, raising one leg to sort of load that um, side of your bum. Um, teach someone to hollow properly is a huge one that I have. Like I do with people is ha- make them hang for their shoulder rehab, but teach them about that pelvic tilt because that's going to yeah. teach you about actually sucking your abs in and down and maintaining that position. Cool. Solid, mate. Um, so we talked about the physical mistakes people make. Uh, I'm interested to hear your views on mental mistakes people make when they begin running or are running. The biggest one I reckon this is funny. I had this conversation about a week ago was that people chasing time and distance at the same time. Uh, yeah. Whilst training. That was the one that I found was, it was, I did a, I did like, um, in when we had COVID in Singapore, when I picked, when I, when I basically right, I got to go all online. No one's got any kit. It was like, literally you couldn't buy anything because the shops were ransacked with every mm-hmm. kettlebell TRX under the sun. So I did a, I did a running program, which are basically, I've still got it running now, which is basically you started off a month. The goal was to improve your 12 minute Cooper test. So you were yeah. measuring distance over 12 minutes, but you weren't trying to get faster over. You saw what I'm saying? Um, and also a lot of bodyweight stuff because a lot of my clients have lifted heavy weights rather than that. And then it went down into bodyweight TRX and running and it keeps going. So now we, we, we're basically doing functional bodybuilding with kettlebells because people have been on it for like six months now. But mm. guys who are mentally beginning, if you're chasing time, if you're, if you're timing yourself over distance and trying to beat your time as well, like if you're, if you're trying to beat your 5K all the time, the issue there is that you're going to overexhaust yourself when you're not actually running with form, you're running with emotion. Yeah. So when someone says testing, you sink to the level of your training, but it's just like a deadlift, man. Like if you tell me to one RM deadlift in front of a load of people, I'm gripping and ripping that shit and I'm picking it up. It's the same with running is if I'm trying to test myself, I'm going to push further than my physically probably can do at that point. So I'd say choose one or the other. So I have a run for time. So like you'd go three minutes on two minutes off or four minutes on one minute off or whatever, or run for distance with a rest period. So one K repeats, two K repeats, five K repeats. At the moment I'm doing, um, we're working with a fella who's done a lot of the OPEC stuff yeah. and we're trialing a conditioning system, um, that uses their, their, their sort of, um, their time frames, but I'm slurring it towards running. So they, they work off blocks of time and about how much you can complete. Obviously they're CrossFit, so they're looking at mixed modal conditioning, but we're looking at sort of cyclic conditioning. 
we're looking at how far can someone run in 18 minutes and can they sustain that effort over three, three efforts, for example. Yeah, yeah. So they're, we're looking at sustained little effort because in the long term, they're going to build that bigger aerobic capacity. That's what mm-hmm. we were trying to do with running is yeah. running is, is, is also an emotional thing. But it's more we're doing it to get fitter. So getting fitter doesn't mean you go one at max the whole time. It means that you chip away and you increase that base mm. and ability, um, which also comes down to that. So you can talk about the physiology of running and what it does to your, your, your heart and your cardiac system and all that kind of stuff. But I think like that's what people do mainly is they run off emotion, which is not – testing is fine. Rest of, when we're training, 80%. We yeah. know, you know you've got more in a tank. When you're going nine out of 10, 10 out of 10, we're not thinking that's emotional. Eight out of 10 is fucking hard, but I can maintain form. And maintaining mm. form is the reason why people get injured most yeah. of the time. It's because they're, they're too weak. Their form goes after 15 minutes and they're running with their arms flopping around like Colin McGregor and their knees are knocking everywhere and they wonder why they've got knee pain. It's, it's because they're weak, not because they're thinking they're Colin McGregor, you know? That's what yeah. I would say. Okay, cool. what is the one thing runners need to be doing that they aren't currently i feel like we've probably covered this a little bit but i'm just gonna fire it at you anyway uh invest in a running program off you that's what you should be doing <laughs> yes mate <laughs> yes they fucking should knows, talk to someone who knows what they're doing that's what i would say to people like that uh i think what i have a lot of people are looking for a quick fix and they're using apps, for example, that are like, don't get me wrong, stuff like Joe Wicks is wicked for getting people to move. I think mm-hmm. getting people to move is a huge problem we have in society at the moment. It's, it's the battle of getting people off their fucking ass is mental. But when you're looking at something like running, it's a specific skill. And it's, yeah. it's also, like you said, there's warranted understanding of what you're trying to achieve from that run. And if you're trying to run repeatedly, then... I think if you haven't got any form of body of strength and conditioning program whatsoever, whether it's prehab, rehab, strength, power, power endurance, whatever you're trying to pick, whatever modality you're, you're picking, if you haven't got a clue about what your body's doing, you're going to run into problems. And I think mm-hmm. that's what I would say. If you're, if you're just running and you're finding you're getting injured or you're finding your time's not improving, then invest some time in someone who, and some money into somebody who's going to get your back. Yeah. That's not a shameless plug for you, mate, but it is a shameless <laughs> plug for you. But it's true. I, I, it's, it's frustrating. Like I wouldn't go to, I wouldn't walk into an accountant's firm and ask him and tell him how to do my bank, do my accounts. I pay him money to do it. Mm. I wouldn't go to a, I wouldn't go to a restaurant and tell the chef how to cook my dinner. Apart from my steak, it has to be rare. If you're that pussy that has bloody well done <laughs> steak that can get, you can hit somebody with a fallout of your bet you wouldn't go and tell a, re- a chef the recipe it's the same thing with training is mm. having someone be objective with you in the long term is going to make sure that you perform better and it, that doesn't necessarily mean you have to invest one-on-one time and money that can be that you you invest in a pdf that talks to you about understanding glute activation whilst running yeah that doesn't mean you're running with your ass tense and looks like you shit yourself that means that you're doing prehab and rehab on, on squats, lunges, split squats, etc. But having yeah. that rather than just a fucking run in the living room, hit smash, and then suddenly go for a run and hurt your feet, there's a direct correlation there of why that's happening. Yeah, that's what I would say would be the, the biggest part. I think. 
yeah it's interesting like with you saying before about um how people run so emotionally i think that translates across like all training doesn't it um, absolutely people just don't want to do what they want to do and they just no. want to like <laughs> and people don't understand like people use um use exercise as either an emotional get out or they do it to demonize themselves they do it because they, it's actually some of it could be self-abusive mate people 100%. think they, yeah, they think yeah. oh i smashed it i see this i i, just, I live in in the busy cbd i've got bankers who are up to one in the morning with the u.s whining and dining people coming in and thinking they're sending it on an assault bike i'm gonna bang out 50 calories they're doing it in about six minutes they're spewing everywhere they're still fat as fuck they literally have got no, no like comprehension of how much degenerative stuff they're doing to their body. Whereas what I do is I'm the exact opposite of what people think of exercise is mm. the, 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 the dose is in the poison, whatever they're, they're, they're saying is like, if, if they come in and they're fresh, we, we, a good analogy that I give um, to guys who I deal with guys who are like 35, 50 is at this age, you're like a, a 80s Porsche, you're like a limited edition car. Most of the time you have it in the garage, you polish that shit and you just take it for a light spin. But there's some days you take the convertible and you fucking rev the shit out of it. That's like training. It should be that. It should be, should not, you should not be like, if you're pulling the trigger every session, you're probably not pulling it hard enough mm. or you're not recovering hard enough. There's one or the other. You just surviving is, is not on. I don't think, I think the, don't get me wrong. Like probably me and you are addicted to exercise. Like, mm. I mean, it's our job. And we feel we have to be, be part of and be, do be doing something physical because we, we appreciate how the money in the bank we're giving our, ourselves later on by doing our prehab mm. or rehab or whatever. But if the people think that you're like the, the, the YouTube clips of people deadlifting 400 kilos every other day and, and all this stuff, like it's just not happening. Like you, the, the, you, downtime is as important and using it as an emotional anchor is really important if it's positive but really negative if you're using it to beat yourself up yeah yes yeah, i mean it's definitely a rabbit hole that i've fallen down in the past um it's so interesting to hear you say all of that as well because i mean it's definitely it's definitely something like rest is something that i've been hugely focusing on not only in my like own training but in the training that i'm delivering to people as well um so it's interesting to hear you talk about that side, especially dealing with probably pretty ambitious and driven people. Oh, I mean, hey, you, you saw the people that I deal with telling them to go home and have a sleep is literally a look at you like what sleep. <laughs> um, but then the, the methods and the madness, then it's, it's like you said, as a coach, and if you have a coach like me and you will understand that like, the intensities of a session. Mm. If you give somebody two 24 minute runs, it's very different to you giving them 800 meter repeats. Yeah, yeah. If you give, if you give somebody a 2K row test or you give somebody a 50 minute AMRAP with a 500 meter row and a sled push, you, 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 you're still giving the, you're still doing what they're asking to do, which is train them. But you, there's one of them which is going to put them in a hole, a deeper hole physically and physiologically. And there's one that's actually going to build them up and actually make them live longer, mm. um, which I'm sure they'll appreciate more 
rather than no one's going to remember their 2K time when they thought they their fucking dying, boss. If they live to there longer, I think they're going to be happier, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, um, it's massive. Any thoughts on the mental benefits of running? One part of life at the moment is this piece of shit that I, I have to have and we have to use. And the problem with the, with the phone is it, it literally it is the biggest distraction that's happened to mine and your era. And I think running is one time where I'm a bit of a weirdo. I like running without any music on. Yeah, me too. But I, I, I would much prefer to do it in the countryside with my dog. Like, if I could do that, I'd pay you 10 grand right now to go do that if I could. Like, mm. we haven't got the luxury of doing that here. And obviously, my dog's yeah. in the UK. But I think that from a, from a, one of my clients, he used to be a pro Ironman. And he's ran the marathon to Saab. And he's done, he's always crazy races. And I, I, I asked him a similar question. And he just said, let's train your brain. I think we live in a society that's very much like we're soft. And I think being in, 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 in forms of exercise, that's not 30 seconds long because it's going to tickle your ego, but being involved in something that's 40 minutes long gives you that actually I have to focus and I have mm -hmm. to actually stay present. And you've got two ends of that. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like if you're, you're running recreationally, I bang a book in. If I, if, I, if, if I take my phone, I'm not listening to drum and bass, mate. I'm listening to something that's going to fuel my brain. But then there are some times where I do literally, especially if it's raining, man, rain, no phone. See you later. 10 click in the tank. Just get away from a screen, get away from social media, get away from people texting me bullshit that doesn't make any sense. And it's just literally, it's aimless. I think it's a wicked way of, of you. If you're the kind of person that's hyperactive like me, asking me to meditate, you've got no hope. Get me to meditate, run. That is my meditation. Is I yeah. get to think, I get to calm down, I get to breathe properly. Uh, I mean, obviously, like you're sure you've talked and, and studied stuff about like nasal breathing and about how it increases energy production and all this kind of shit, which you can work on, but you have to focus on it. So it's good. I, I like that you have to just focus on one thing at one time. But yeah, if it could, man, get into nature and you don't need much. People think they need a lot. They don't need much. A pair of running shoes, a dog, and a, and a bit of forest, mate. See you later. Peace. <laughs> Mate, that, I, could, I could not have said that better myself. Um, yeah, that's brilliant, mate. And literally on that, we're, we're coming up to 25 minutes. And we're going to end, we? end, <laughs> end things there, mate. Uh, Will, thanks very much for your time, mate. That was a uh, fantastic insight into training that you do and your thoughts on running. Um, if people want to... If people want to learn more about you, where can they find you? Uh, at Will Foden on Instagram, mm -hmm. at willfoden.com on the web. Um, I'm on LinkedIn as well, but obviously I, that, that's not very big. I have a Facebook page uh, that will be becoming more active in the next three months as part of, my, part of the plan of action, mm -hmm. uh, but mainly Instagram. If anybody needs any help or any ideas on I don't know, warm-ups or, or they have they have ticking issues, they're not quite sure what they are. I'm more than happy to give them a quick five minutes to help them out. Brilliant, mate. Thank you for taking the time to come on. No problem at all, man. Awesome to see you, man. Cheers, bud.